Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sirens of the Southland, presented by From the Rumble Seat. I'm your humble host, Akshay Ishwan, and joining me today uh, as the only other member of this podcast that was available is Mr. Cade Lawson. How are you doing, Mr. Lawson? I'm doing a lot better than Jake and Ethan, who are both suspended for this week's um, podcast after a defensive pass interference call against the Saints last night. So hopefully they'll get out of that little situation they're in here shortly and be able to join us. But did it get flagged, or was it a no call? It got it got flagged by Twitter. I think that's what they're recovering from is the Twitter roasts they sustained afterwards. So just never forget in uh, to open twenty nineteen the Saints blew it. Yeah, they sure did blow it, and they deserve to blow it. So womp womp. All right, so. Since our two intrepid non-rev reporters are out this week, we are going to rush through the non-rev scores and highlights. Mr. Lawson, would you like to go first? Yes. We'll start with women's basketball. Well, Bubba. (laughs) 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 They're 2-2 over their past two weeks since we last recorded, picking up a win versus Duke and another versus number 12 Syracuse over the weekend, but losing to number 4 Louisville and to Clemson as well. The noteworthy thing there is that they played the number one, number four, number eight, and number 12 teams in the country already this season, which are all in ACC play, which is very impressive. Um, and also a really good indicator of, I think, the gauntlet that they're facing, despite being a pretty good team. Uh, they haven't received a single vote in the top 25 poll as of this week. They are a very good team, and uh, I think all four of us kind of agree that they have the ability to make the tournament uh, it's just that they're kind of getting a lousy shake uh, with all the tough opponents that they're playing. But they've played a lot of them pretty tough. They hung in with Notre Dame until an entire quarter of no calls didn't go their way. Um, Louisville and Clemson kind of sucked, but they did upset Cuse, so that's on the table. Um, so, yeah, looking like a team on the rise this mm-hmm. season. All right, so track and field did some fun stuff the last two weeks, both at the Clemson and Vanderbilt Invitationals. I am no expert at all on track and field, so I highly recommend that you read Jake's column from the last two weeks. Um, That'll tell you all you need to know. Um, TLDR set a lot of PRs. They ran fast. That's all I got. Mr. Lawson, want to talk about women's tennis? Yeah, women's tennis did a lot of good things this past weekend at the Michigan Invitational up in Ann Arbor. They are currently the number 14 team in the nation, and they did take on Tennessee as well as number 10 Michigan, coming out of that with 10 singles wins and seven doubles wins, which is another great showing from what's been a really, really strong women's tennis team for quite a while for us. Yeah, and then on the men's side of things, they had a rough schedule this weekend uh, in their MLK Invitational at Ken Byers Tennis Complex here on campus. they went, or today specifically, they went one and three in doubles matches with three of those matches coming down to the wire, and then four and four in singles versus uh, Athens Community College. They also played Illinois and Columbia. All three teams are top 15 in the nation, so a definite rough start, a very tough start to the season, um, but feedback that we got from Jake and Ethan, who have watched them and are much more knowledgeable about us, is that they're they're looking much better than last year so far. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where they go. All right, swim and dive, Mr. Lawson. 
Last our, one. Come on. Our men are number 20 in the nation. They beat South Carolina. Scar. Arg. Recently. Um, the women, unfortunately, did not beat Scar. Boom, 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 boom. Yep. That's all, that's all we got. That's all we got for non-rep stuff. I mean, did it in five minutes. Ha. We're better than Jake at non-rep. Oh, don't tell him that. Hey, he might not listen to this. He might not. True. True. All right. So, other news, other more revenue sports news, the 2019 ACC football schedules were released. Mr. Lawson, what do you think? Um, it's really sad that we're going to play Clemson the very first game of the season yeah. on the debut of the ACC network. I don't know who decided that was a good idea in any given year, but especially in a year when we're going to be making a coaching change. But yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't describe that as a smart move from a competitive game standpoint. Although you never know, maybe we'll be surprised know. in year one of Geoff. They are losing a. I mean, they're losing a couple players on that all ACC defensive line. Um, they're losing. I want to say they're losing a couple players on offense as well. Yeah, but, but I mean, I'm not convinced that you need an all ACC defensive line to give trouble to our offensive line as it transitions in its first year out of yeah. the option. Yeah. So just a quick recap of Georgia Tech's. Uh, 2019 football schedule before we get into the nitty-gritty. Um, no team has a bye week before playing us, so that's awesome. That's definitely a change, a welcome change from the Paul Johnson years, the last couple of Paul Johnson years. Um, the out-of-conference slate uh, has us playing USF at home, Citadel at home, uh, Temple away, and then Clean Old Fashioned 8 at home. Um Obviously, we opened the season at uh, Death Valley, at Clemson. Uh, this is a two-by season because of where Labor Day falls in the schedule, so that gives us a little bit more rest. Um, the other ACC Thursday night game that we play this season is versus NC State in the second-to-last week of the season. That gives us just a little bit of extra rest before clean old-fashioned hate, which is awesome. So yeah, that kind of covers the major... Major things. What else did you think about the schedule? Um, the toughest part of it, I, it's hard to say where I think the toughest part of it is because things can change so quickly from season to season. But based on what we saw last season, I really think the last three, last three games are probably going to be the toughest stretch. There are obviously better teams mixed in, but as far as a consecutive string of games goes, playing Virginia Tech, then North Carolina State, then Georgia, even though they're all at home, is pretty tough. It's pretty, I think, probably pretty safe to expect Virginia Tech to be better this year than they were the past couple of years. Um, NC State, even though I don't think they'll ever be very good, is still better than much of the Coastal will be. And, of course, Georgia, I think, is going to be a solid team as well. So that's probably the biggest part of the schedule where I don't see any type of reprieve. Everywhere, everywhere else you kind of have, like, a Citadel thrown in or a team – where you, you think you've got a good chance of beating either North Carolina or Duke or something like that, where Duke will be replacing Daniel Jones and North Carolina is breaking in a horrifically no, no, no. hired head coach. Hold on. They're not just breaking him in. They are breaking him in again. Oh, they're breaking him back in. You're right. Breaking him back in. Mr. They're Mac Brown, formerly in. of Texas. Horrific idea. Man, not only I don't is know he where... going to be a terrible coach, he was a terrible play-by-play announcer. I don't know where... And if, or, uh, 
CFB teams have gotten this idea this offseason that hiring older coaches is a good thing. It's not. I mean, it doesn't work pretty much ever, but they keep doing it. Hey, it almost happened to us. Kind of. Ouch. Hey, we have Jeff now. Too soon. We're very happy to have Jeff. We are very, very happy to have Jeff in his mobile house addiction. And in other Jeff uh, news. Uh Uh-oh. In other Jeff news, we are going to play Temple this year, which is interesting. Yeah, that is, there's a lot of plot lines there for that game, especially with the weirdness uh, at Temple with Manny Diaz's hire. Temple basically making four or five million dollars off of coaches being taken off their hands. Yeah, they're doing, they're, they should get an HGTV show. They're just flipping houses, but it's coaches. They got them, then they flipped them. Back to Miami. Yeah, I mean, they made, so they made two and a half million off of us for that buyout. And then four million off of Miami for Diaz's buyout, I think, right? Have they even they haven't even hired a new coach? No, they yet. did. I think they did. Who'd they hire? Rod Carey. I don't know who that from is. NIU. Oh. I think they did. Yeah, I don't know. I don't they they still probably have a pretty good team. They'd have a chance to beat us, I think. They did not look good in their bowl game at all. No, they didn't look good in their I mean, did we? I mean <laughs> Well, they played Duke. And Duke had a very weird season. Did Daniel Jones play the bowl game? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Also, Daniel Jones is some sort of cyborg. This is a general comment. Daniel Jones is some sort of cyborg for playing two weeks after he broke his collarbone earlier that's this true. season. Yeah, that's true. I don't know how he came back so quickly from that. Duke, I also don't know why Duke he's medical. A, I, don't I don't know why he's like a, a possible top like ten pick in the draft, but. This, I think this year's draft is super weak. That's that's the kind of consensus that I've heard. It's yeah. just that you see so many, I think it's like 135 underclassmen declared this year. And it, I think it's because the draft is overall so weak that any of these guys, especially your, I mean, your Daniel Jones types, think that they're going to be drafted and rated very highly come combine, come draft day. So is 135 more than usual? Yeah, I think that's been trending upward the last couple of years. Huh. So the perceived weakness was corrected by the underclassmen. <laughs> but I mean, maybe, but like, interesting. I don't know. I think that, I mean, we're a Georgia Tech podcast. We don't, I mean, we know some NFL draft things, but not like. That's pretty efficient. I think that's pretty efficient. I like how it happened just at the right time for the Falcons to have a well, no, we don't even have a high draft pick because we dropped seven picks by beating Tampa Bay. But that's okay. Is it okay? I mean, no. Do, do you want to talk about it? No, I don't want to talk about it. They're terrible. They're bad. Back on right. topic. Yeah, did... you, you mentioned Jeff and his Waffle House. Oh, man, I wasn't going to get there yet. I still have a couple other notes here. Oh, okay. Okay, so let me let me clear the rest of it out. Uh, my piece on the schedule, I think if you take a look here at the stretch in October where you play North Carolina at home, Duke away, and then Miami uh, away, and then Pitt. Well, I guess Pitt is in November, but Pitt uh, at home. If you get through that four-game stretch, I don't think it really matters what happens in the other games necessarily. Because I think if you get through that four-game stretch, you're probably 
in the running to play for an ACC title. What do you mean get through that? Well, you get through that if you if you can post like go four and zero. If you go four and zero in that stretch, which is a tall tall order, mind you, especially in a transition year, I think you're in the running for a coastal division title. Well, yeah, probably so. Well, considering that's sixty six percent of the coastal right there, but like that'll do it. But (laughs) math, man, how do numbers work? But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I agree. That's definitely true. But I don't know if we'll be having that conversation. At this point, um, we thought we'd be having that conversation this year, so maybe, yeah, that's maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe Geoff will pull some pull a rabbit out of his hat. Well, we almost were having that conversation this year. We were only a game away from having that a conversation. A pitch game away from that. So we almost did have that conversation, but I feel less good about having that conversation this year than I do about having. Hey, someone year. has got to be Clemson's ritual sacrifice to the football gods in Charlotte. Okay. I think it'd be okay if it was us. It's already going to be us in August. The good news is that I think the media will like Jeff Collins way more than Paul Johnson. So they'll just spend the entire game talking about how we're building for the future, which is good. They'll spend the entire game talking about how we don't run the triple option anymore. True. But also how he's changing the trajectory of the program and stuff, which is good. They might talk about his Waffle House addiction. Are we doing Waffle House now? Yeah, we're talking about Waffle House now. What are your Waffle House thoughts? Talk about a segue. So, if you haven't noticed, Jeff Collins, in a lot of his pictures, is at Waffle House, Mm. or has a Waffle House cup in his hand? Mm -hmm. I have noticed that. Have you? Yeah. What are your thoughts on it, Mr. Lawson? Well, Waffle House, of course, is fantastic. Um, Any amount of money that we can extract from Waffle House is also fantastic. Because I want all of that money flowing into my program. Like syrup under a waffle? You're too good. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, but yeah, that I don't know what they're going to do with their triple option special or whatever it was. But I think they'll keep it on the menu for a whole time's sake. I'd buy it. You would buy it. I don't know who else would buy it. but you would Hey. Buy it. I don't think Jeff Collins orders that when he goes in the Waffle House. But I do hope that there is a partnership there. And I hope that there's a partnership there because I'm going to take full responsibility for that partnership. Really? If it is to arise. Yes. Absolutely. What? I Why? Rem- enlighten me. I enlighten, forgot. Enlighten you. So the, the catalyst for his whole Waffle House persona is an article written by our own Nishant on our website talking about uh, going play-by-play through his uh, trip to Waffle House oh my while God. he was at Temple. Wait, no, I remember this now. I remember this now. He Was this the one where he was – it was a video from him at Temple where they went to Waffle House as a group. There was like him and a couple players. It was like a behind-the-scenes video, right? Yeah. He said something like, oh, this soda tastes so much better in styrofoam because it's thermodynamically opposed to the bubbles. Yep, that's pretty <laughs> – I think that might be verbatim what he said. <laughs> And I haven't heard anyone debate that yet, so I'm just going to assume it's true. You can tweet me correcting me. But yeah, he referenced that article in his press conference, and after that is when it took off. I feel bad because I feel like he probably hates Waffle House at this point. Dude, his cholesterol levels have got to be through the roof. Dude goes there like every morning. Every morning. If, if Twitter and social media are to be believed, he goes there very, very often. He, he does. And I don't know why he does, because that just doesn't sound appealing. Because he's been here for like a month and a half or two months now. So, 
Well, help GT Athletics has really good health insurance. Something tells me that he got pretty good health insurance when he came here. Like I, so I, I don't think they, they make your millionaire college football coaches want for much as far as insurance. This is Georgia Tech. Yeah. That just means we value insurance more because we can't pay them. So we just give them insurance. Are we creating the next insurance? We're like a nonprofit where you have to give vacation days because you can't pay them. That's that's great thinking right there. Yeah. That's startup level thinking right there. <laughs> that's just creating the culture of innovation that we want on campus. Innovation, toughness, relentless effort, Mr. Lawson. It's like Uber, but for football coaches. That's my oh, startup boy. idea. Proprietary. TM, trademark? Yep. Trademark, copyright? All that. Do you want to talk about something a little bit more depressing? Oh, I mean, no, but we can. We have to. All right, so basketball season is a thing still, for better or for worse. Uh, GT basketball, GT men's basketball, excuse me, has gone one and three since we last recorded, losing to number what seven Virginia Tech. They were uh, nine when we played them. I don't know what they are now. They are seven, and they got blown out by UNC today, like nice. blown out. I think UNC hung a hundred on them. One hundred three to eighty-two. Yep. Uh, we also lost at Clemson and got blown out at home versus Louisville, which was super frustrating and not fun. Uh, but they did post a win at the Carrier Dome at Syracuse. So there's that, mm-hmm. which is nice. Uh, they play again tomorrow at home versus Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame is favored by one by Vegas uh, and Bavada, like Cade loves. Uh, and it's... Hasner wig night, I believe. Yeah, it's really gross. It's kind of a gross <laughs> wig. Hey. Like, it comes greasy, which I don't like. You know, it's it's it fits the Waffle House thing. If you but tr- that's not <laughs> Yeah, it does. But that's that's not Pastner. If you don't have if you didn't get one last year, it's definitely worth your time to come to the game and get one this year. I'm kind of surprised they did it twice, just because that seems like a really niche giveaway. So I think it's I think it's like a Stranger Things kind of give like it's like Pastner Things night apparently. So it's Stranger Things mixed with Josh Pastner. So they're giving away a snapback, and a and a, and a wig. So I, I haven't watched Stranger Things. Apparently, there's a character that has curly hair and wears a snapback in this show. Is that really what they're going for? Yeah, let me let me pull it up. Hold on, he tweeted about it recently. That's kind of weird. So it's simultaneously a passenger wig and a Stranger Things wig? Yes. I don't know how I feel about See? that. Double dipping in the... But that doesn't look like... It doesn't have to look like him. It does. It, it, it makes sense. What quality podcasting showing me this picture on the screen? <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, we, we strive for high quality here. Yeah, that is true. We're, we're looking at a picture of the Stranger Things kid whose name I don't know. I and dude, I don't. To Josh Pastner. Hey, it's the what is that? Thirty-five year challenge. You you not on the ten year challenge bandwagon, Mister Lawson? No, no, Ooh. I'm not. I want to see a picture of you from ten years ago. Now. <laughs> I can, I can try to find one. What was that? Two thousand nine. Yeah, two thousand nine. What was I doing in two thousand nine? I don't know. You're a 2000 baby, aren't you? No. Basically. Like 1999. You're basically a two, that's basically a 2000 baby. Can't round. Anyway, back 
basketball related. Tomorrow, Notre Dame, Notre Dame by one is the line. It's been like alternating between GT by one and Notre Dame by one and a pick 'em, and it, it's weird. It's no one can really agree on who wants to win this game. Yeah. We're still going to – I think we're still without Jose Alvarado. Right? Yeah, so the injury report said no Jose Alvarado. He should be back for Duke, although I don't know how much that's going to help. Um, AD Gay is still out with some sort of undisclosed injury. Um, and then Brandon Alston is still out for a personal matter. Yeah, that's really bad. And all of those three are, I think, the majority of our offensive production um, other than James Banks. James Banks has been a revelation this season. I think he was. Yeah, he's a yeah. really good player. He could be a. He could. I don't want him to declare for the draft, but I think he could declare for the draft pretty easily. If he, I think if he cleans up a couple things, he he could be draft worthy. I I think he's already draft worthy, honestly. Well, and you're the you're the basketball draft. expert that cheers for the Hawks, so I'm gonna let you take this one and pitch me on James Banks as an NBA draft prospect. He's a really good player. He does a lot of things really well. He doesn't have. Super good range, but kind of his low post game is pretty good. Obviously, it's pretty good because he was literally the only thing scoring for us against Louisville in uh, the entire first half. I feel like he had our first eight points. Which he took literally us pretty did. Much, pretty much to halftime, which is sad. Um, yeah. He's a good rebounder, a good defender. He does a lot of things. NFL, like, there's not a there's not an overwhelming amount of guys that have a skill set like he does coming out of the ACC or coming out of competition as high as the ACC, I think. So he'll... I would be really surprised if he didn't get an NFL or Wow. Wow. Sad. Wow. Sad. If he didn't get an NBA look whenever he decides to leave college. Well, he has one year of eligibility left, right? After this season. Yes, after this season. And then next season you also have Jordan Usher coming into the mix. There's also a JUCO transfer coming in, I believe. I think the only person that graduates is Brandon Alston. ADK too. ADK. Okay. Yeah. So, so there's yeah. So two people coming in, two people leaving. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Hopefully Shambari Phillips can be a little bit more consistent next year too. There were really high expectations for him when he got here, and for I couldn't tell you what reason, but it hasn't worked out. He's been kind of outplayed and out overshadowed by some guys who I think probably have a lot less natural talent overall than he does. So what what have you kind of thought about the season as a whole? Because I know I, I think our consensus, uh, at least the consensus from the fans I've seen, is like we've been pretty disappointed about how things have turned out, at least in the ACC part of the schedule. Other than I mean, I guess you have Gardner Webb in the non-con, but there's it's I think it's sort of a you have two extreme opinions. One is like okay, we'll give Passman all the time he needs. There's the, the Ron Bell situation kind of screwed things up. Plus, he doesn't have all of his guys in. Plus, college basketball has always been a money-don't-lie kind of sport for yeah. recruiting. And then there's the other side of the pendulum, which says Passner has had his time. He's not producing. Like, we need to start thinking about moving on, or we need to move on very soon. Yeah, t- I mean, I don't think that any changes should be made after this season. This it wouldn't make sense to do it after this season just because of what's been going on with football and staffing changes and the amount of money that they've had to spend in that area, as well as the fact that we're finally almost done paying Paul Hewitt. Oh my God, that contract comes off in April. I'm so excited. Yeah, 
But and there's also the fact that giving a guy three or having a guy turn it around in year four is usually what happens, I think, in college basketball. If you go and look at some of the best coaches in the conference and where they were when they first started at their school versus where they are now. I know Mike Shashevsky took I think till his fourth season before he turned things around at Duke. Um, which may or may not have ended up well. It did end up well. But <laughs> Yeah, give him another season. You gave Brian Gregory, who, like, Josh Pastner at least has a history of being a good recruiter going for him. Brian Gregory had nothing going for him, like, ever. Like, when he was hired, never. Uh, but Where did Gregory come five, from before? He came from Dayton. I mean, Dayton. No, they wanted, they were happy to see him go. Oh. Yeah, they were happy to see him go. Oof. Which, so were Memphis fans for Josh Pastner, but he's, um... Not as not as bad of a overall coach as Brian Gregory was. Anyway, I don't know. I think the way that I think about this basketball team is, I think next year is really that prove it year, like you said. It's, but I I think I've taken a little bit more strict of a stance on it. It's like this year we can kind of kind of write off. No, like not having a Kogi is completely unexpected. Um, the the injuries have plagued the team, especially now throughout the conference slate, and some traditional or un- untraditional powers like VT and FSU have started dominating the conference. So there's a lot of things at, at play in the scheduling and factors maybe outside of our control that have uh, come to roost. Yep. But at, on the flip side, you also see that Pastner has missed on, like, th- what, three of five 2019 yeah. recruits? He's done a lot of missing, which is not good. The best he's, – he's kind of made up for it with his transfers that he's brought in, which is honestly how you win in college basketball a lot of the times, um, especially from an area like Atlanta where the NCAA is – I guess, more inclined to believe the story of your ailing grandmother, or at least was (laughs) at one point. But he's done a good job in that regard, but I don't think the recruiting has been as strong as we expected it to be. It hasn't been super-duper weak, for sure, but I think that people's expectations for what he could bring to an ACC program in in a city with as much basketball talent as Atlanta has after seeing what he was able to bring to Memphis – it hasn't translated. Yeah, and that's why I think next year, once he has, I guess, a full team of his recruits, mm-hmm. that should be the year upon which we judge him moving forward. Because if if it ends up being that he can't get to the postseason with a team full of his recruits, then what are we and, – and that are all experienced and been in his system, then what are we – I don't know what the next step is from there. I think that's when you, you go to athletic director Todd Stansbury and be like, hey, and be like, hey, we really need to reevaluate this situation and maybe take it. I don't know. I, I don't know how you move on from there. Yeah, four years is what you can offer guys. It's more patient than most schools would be. Um, but it's, I mean, you could probably make a case for a fifth year. People will make a case for a fifth year. I might. I don't know. But I think it just depends on how 2020 goes. 
and the rest of 2019. There's still a lot of this season left. So. There is. There definitely is. Um, I mean, the Jackets are sitting at 10 and 8 overall, 2 and 3 in the ACC. Yep. I mean, you have a quality even win over Hughes and then one over Wake in the ACC. And then, I mean, non con is non con. Yeah, so. you got to win the non this the cupcake non conference games. And I think I, we we've had a discussion about that before about how that scheduling isn't isn't all perfect, uh, and that's something that I think should definitely improve next year, as part of the recruiting or as part of it being his prove a year. Because I know on the flip side, um, in baseball, Danny Hall and what looks to be a prove it year for him has put together a very very. Not daunting, but very, very profitable schedule if he plays his cards right. Mm -hmm. So something like that in 2020 would be really nice to see. Seeing like uh, Josh Paxton be like, "Hey, I want this team to play at the level that of these difficult teams that are on our slate, and I want to be able to beat them." So. Yep, for sure. Yeah. All right. So that's really all we had. Mr. Lawson, you have any final thoughts before we head into our tasting menu? Basketball, football? No final thoughts, I don't think. Not for me. Oof. I've thought enough. Yeah, maybe not enough. I mean, you are an econ major. <laughs> Gosh. Ow, my heart. And your degree. Right in the education. Right in the education. Mm. All right. All right. So, your Georgia Tech sports tasting menu for next weekend. What is that? January twenty sixth and twenty seventh. I don't know. I don't yeah, know how calendars work. Like, no, twenty. Yeah, twenty sixth and twenty seventh. So, we're gonna start off the slate. Actually, for this week, we'll start off the slate with men's tennis versus the Citadel on a Wednesday. That'll be a good one. Uh, midweek. Again, not non-rev expert. Don't really know how good the Citadel is in terms of ten men's tennis, but nice way to get out and stretch uh, and watch some GT sports or listen on the radio or follow along online at midweek. Uh, women's tennis is hosting the ITA kickoff weekend next weekend at Ken Byers Tennis Complex. Uh, I think one of the other teams invited is number 20 Auburn. Uh, and I forgot the other two teams, so uh, that'll be fun. Um, men's basketball goes to Duke for its annual scheduled murder. Uh, Mr. Lawson, do you have any other thoughts on that? Uh, no. Ooh. Scheduled murder, that's never good. You hate to hear that. Well, it's number two overall Duke now, not number one, unfortunately. Grayson Allen's gone. That's good. That's good. We don't have to hear Jake shout things at him this time. Or him dribbling better. Or that. Uh, track and field is at Clemson next weekend. Uh, women's basketball plays number 8 NC State next Sunday. So that'll be another fun conference, highly ranked clash that has some upset potential brewing. Uh, and then to round out the weekend, Swim and Dive hosts the uh, University of Denver Pioneers uh, at Macaulay Aquatic Center. Good stuff. But they have good lungs, swimming at high altitudes. <laughs> I don't know where the, is the university. I have I to look think. this up. I, are they within city limits? I don't. Is the is outside of city limits not high up? 
I don't know. I've never been to Denver. It's it's high, right? It's mile high, yes. Yeah, but it's not like Denver itself is just on the top of a mountain. Isn't the whole area around it high? I have no idea. I don't need I mean, there's definitely a lot of people that are high, but like... <laughs> okay, little, that was a good one. Give me that one. play on words there. Give me that one. Very nice. Mm, shut up. What? All right, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Tasting menu thoughts. Tasty. All I got. Which is the tastiest? Uh, Duke. Just because they're just because I can see a world where we win that game. I don't know what world it is, but it's out there. How many possibilities to give you, Doctor Lawson? Mm. One million only. Dude, come on, come <laughs> on, <laughs> come on! You had it! You had it! You had the reference. I know what the I forgot I know the reference but 14 million 605 14 million 605 How many in how many of those did we win? One. Bum, and then bum, everyone bum. fades to dust dramatically. Oof, Mr. Pastner, I don't feel so good. <laughs> Alrighty. we will see you in another 2 weeks. Uh, and until then, go jackets. Oh.